Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And first of all, coach, congratulations on the win. And most importantly, congratulations on the NFC South. Yeah, that was uh, one of our goals when we started this season, to put one of those banners up. It's been a long time and uh, really, really proud of all the guys that played in that game. And what's it like to get to celebrate a moment like that with your team? Oh, it's fun. Those hat and t-shirt games are great, but this is just a little t-shirt. We want bigger ones. Yes, bigger ones for sure. Um, so for, especially with the adversity of last week, both the way you guys lost and then with all the injuries, how important was this win and how much more did it mean than just the win on the stat sheet? Yeah, it was big. You know, so many guys had to step in and step up. Um, we had eight starters out. And uh, so it was, it was a great win, great team victory. And I imagine if last week, this time when we were doing the show, if I had told you that with approximately one trillion starters out, I think that's what the injury report said, one trillion, um, you would have the longest run, longest reception, and most sacks of the year in that game. What would you have said? Uh, I would have loved it. Yeah. I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Cyril, he jumped in there, did a great job on two of those plays. I mean, he made that great touchdown block down there for Keyshawn and, Got a big reset. I couldn't believe he got caught, and uh, his track status is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's lost. He's lost that status there. Um, it, it, what about Cyril put him in a position to make those plays when he's had so few reps in a game? Cyril works as hard as anybody on our team in practice, and he has for two and a half years. And uh, he's just gotten better and better. And he blocks. You know, for receivers, uh, the position he played, taking for Chris. Uh, his spot you have to block and uh, so many guys won't do it they just want to catch passes and uh, he'll do whatever it takes uh, to get on the field and now he gets to stay on the field and was that the biggest determining factor in who stepped up for Mike and Chris there's no doubt it was, we're gonna put the best blocker uh, and receiver at the Z position for us and and that's Chris's spot uh, <clears throat> Tyler usually plays the F where Chris plays in three wide receivers so um, really proud of all those guys and A.B. been out for a little while and didn't know the kind of shape he'd be in or having to come back if there was going to be any rust. And, man, after 10 catches in a 100-yard game, I think it's safe to say those things weren't a factor. Yeah, you can see it in practice Wednesday and Thursday. Um, he's in great shape. And uh, I'm going to ask him about, you know, just let me know. He's a, I'll be there. Whatever you need, I'm in. So he, he played a heck of a ball game. And with so many people out, I, I don't think it was exactly a surprise strategy-wise he was going to be targeted a lot. So tell me why he can still be so efficient and effective when you know the other team knew Brady was going to be going to him. Yeah, I was still surprised. They had Stephon Gilmore, and they, you know he's one of the top corners in the league, and I think they thought they could play man-to-man -man on him and uh, maybe take him away, and it uh, just didn't happen. Yeah, and what did you learn about Stefan Gilmar? I mean, I know he went down with an injury, and we don't know exactly what the status is going to be yet, but since you guys are set to play them again in a couple weeks, what were some of the things that you guys had focused on with him, and had Brady been able to give any insight, having played with him before? Yeah, he knew him very, very well, and, uh, you know, and A.B.'s a great route runner, so it's going to be hard for any corner to take him one-on-one -on -one and just try to get rid of him in a ball game. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, what are some of those little things that he is so good at that maybe people wouldn't appreciate? 
Well, he's just so quick and decisive. And when he, when he cuts, he cuts. I mean, it's not a slowdown, it's a speed up. And that very, very few guys can do that. And you touched earlier a little bit on Vaughn's 55-yard touchdown run, longest run of the season for us. But I wanted to hear a little bit more about that play and then Keyshawn's play overall. Yeah, two great blocks by O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski on the edge. Sneak, jumped outside, and, and uh, put a great stiff arm on the guy. And then here comes Cyril hauling ass all the way across the field with a great effort play to get down there in front of him and, and make that block, and, and, and Keyshawn finished it off. And then how about Rojo? This was definitely going to be a game where we knew he'd get a lot more touches than he has the rest of the season. He ends up with a touchdown and 20 carries for 65 yards. What did you think of his play overall and then take us through that touchdown run? Yeah, I, th I thought Rojo was really solid. You know, he was running in the middle a lot. And uh, when we got him on the edges, he made some really good plays for us. And that was a great the old Green Bay sweep uh, play down on the goal line. Alley got out there in front of him, made a great block, and Rojo's outraced everybody to the corner. Yeah, and speaking of Allie getting out there in the block, we know the offensive line definitely got a few members to represent the team at the Pro Bowl, which I know as a head coach, Pro Bowl stuff, not the thing that you care the most about in terms of honors and awards and try, when you're trying to get to a Super Bowl. But what did it mean to, to you and, and the team and those guys to see them who don't always get a lot of recognition get Pro Bowl? It means a lot. I mean, those guys have played fantastic for a number of years. And uh, when you're on a losing team, you don't get many guys on the Pro Bowl. But when you win, people take notice. And winning gives that team success and individual success come from that. You get recognition. And I know that the Saints game was definitely not their performance that they hold themselves to and, and the way they've looked the rest of the season. So um, what did you see in this game and, and then their ability to bounce back from that? Yeah, great protection. Tom got the ball out of his hands and, uh, and really solid run game. 150 yards rushing, is, that's not easy to do in this league. And uh, that starts up front and with the tight ends too. And we had talked about how the Saints game also wasn't Gronk's uh, biggest game in terms of his connection with Brady and, and this game as well, just one catch for 23 yards. You, you did mention, you know, of course, he's always reliable in the blocking game, but what seems to have been happening lately defensively to, to keep him a little bit quieter on the actual receptions? Just numbers of opportunities, you know. Um, he's dropped, uncharacteristically dropped a couple balls, and uh, I thought he had a touchdown in this game and uh, didn't happen. Yeah, and the, the Panthers' defense, you know, they'd only been allowing 178 passing yards coming into the game, and you guys had almost that by half. Um, what did you see that you guys were able to do, even, again, with so many depleted injuries, of why particularly the passing attack was still able to be so good against a defense that has handled it pretty well? Yeah, they've, they've got some outstanding pass rushers, and our tackles played fantastic and, and kept those guys and shut them out. And uh, when, when your offensive line gives Tom that much time, he's going to find guys open. And Cam Brate getting in the end zone for a touchdown, which he's now got 29 in his career, which is tied for the fifth most in the NFL by a tight end in that span. Why is he, even when he doesn't have a lot of catches, it's just always inevitable that it seems like one of them's going to be in the end zone. Yeah, that's just his forte, you know. He's a great red zone target. He's got great hands. He runs really good routes. He has a great feel when he's open and stay open. Don't go run and get covered. Right. You know, and he, he it was a great run. He, he jumped in there on the slant, and uh, they passed it off to nobody. And uh, thank God Tom saw him right away. Yeah, nobody's our favorite defender. Yes, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> How about for him? Just the fact that he and, and the Titans overall, what do you feel like is your hope for how you'd like to use all three of them down the stretch, knowing that there are so many other injuries on the offense, where you'd like to see them pick up the slack? Yeah, just continue to, to evolve. You know, OJ had a catch, we got called back for, for offensive pass interference, uh, but he blocked really. This is the best game he's had blocking. Uh, and all those guys just bring something different and, uh, you know, trying to use them as much as we possibly can. 
And we know Cam is that great red zone target. How did you feel about the red zone offense overall? I know there were a few that ended up in field goals that you probably would have liked to have been seven. Probably the only disappointing thing in the offense was, was not converting those touchdowns. And what do you think it was that they were doing to kind of slow down that red zone offense? I think it was more us than them, and uh, we missed we missed a couple, um, dropped one, and didn't run the ball as well inside the seven as we had to get to the seven. And uh, you know they load the box up a little bit, but we still got to get it in there. And I know you guys signed Le'Veon Bell this last week, and we know it's you know injuries asking for new people to be brought in. But what was it about him in particular that made you say this is the guy we want to fill that spot? Well, he's got a good history of being an excellent pass protector and receiver out of the backfield, and. You know, that's where we lost in Leonard and, uh, you know, get him up to speed as fast as we can. He got those last three plays and try to knock a little rust off of him and uh, get him out here another week of practice and see if we can find a role for him. And the Panthers are now the only team in the NFL that have not allowed a touchdown on a single opening drive of the whole season. At some point, maybe it's coincidence, but after this long into the season, there's got to be something to that. So since we are playing them again, what, did, what are they doing so well, particularly on those opening drives? Yeah, playing a good third down defense. Um, you know, we made a couple first downs, but then the third down, they do a good job of getting off the field. And then I know you had Barner in there as your return guy because of Jalen Darden being out. Uh, he had one 20-yard punt return. What did you think of his performance? I thought he was outstanding, you know, and that's why we brought him back because he's done a great job for us last year. Uh, he's a veteran, knows great decisions, and he gets north and south quick. And you also had to make a switch at punter. I know his special teams were just as hard hit as some of the other areas. So when did you make the call on Sterling Hoffrichter coming in? Probably after Thursday's practice. Just Bradley just didn't look himself. And uh, he's been nursing that hip injury all year. And uh, I talked to him about with one week help. He said, definitely, because this is the best I've felt take a week off and hopefully he's back full speed for the rest of the season. Okay and how did you feel like Sterling did both as well, punter and kickoff guy? Sterling came in and did a heck of a job. I mean, he's, he's not a rookie, he's a vet you know and uh, was in our division last year and kicked off well. We covered kickoffs well. He punted really well. And I know that there had been a couple games where you would mentioned that Ryan Suckup had missed some kicks that you just know he doesn't normally miss, shouldn't miss. How did you think of his performance now in this game? Oh, I thought he was outstanding and uh, he nailed that last one from 44, 45, whatever it was and uh, it was way up in the net. So I really liked the way he kicked. What do you think it was that seems like it has shifted back for him to be back on that right track? Probably some of it's field conditions, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, but for him it's just a matter of don't pull it left. Yeah. And how about some of the uh, young guys that we typically see more on special teams but got a chance to get in there in some of those final snaps? That's the, the beauty of being up by a fair amount in a game. You get to put some of those young guys in and check out your depth. What did you notice? Who were some of the guys you were excited to see get a few snaps in there? Yeah, those two young linebackers, KJ and, and Grant, they jumped in there, did a heck of a job. Grant did a hell of a job on kickoff coverage, as did Cam Gill. Cam Gill got a lot of snaps, uh, played really, really well, got his pressures and um, so, yeah, I was really happy with everybody. I mean, everybody that dressed, I think, got in the game. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to see Scotty catch that last one so uh, we could have continued holding on to the ball. But uh, it was a good, solid performance by everybody. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And uh, 15 points in two weeks given up by your defense. That has got to be just one of the best stats a coach can hear. Oh, there's no doubt. Not giving up a touchdown for two weeks uh, in this league. That's, that's extremely impressive. And uh, again, I thought it was excellent up front. Uh, our front four did a great job in this ball game. Will Golson had a, a career day with two and a half sacks and, and seven sacks altogether, and, but just shutting down the run. 
allowing us to get after the quarterback. And uh, everybody seemed to get into, into the sack, sack picture this week. Yeah, it's so true. It's like they're contagious that they just start rolling and then everybody wants in on it. So let's let's start with Will Golston. Tell us a little bit about his two and a half sacks that he got and, and his performance overall. Yeah, great pressure from the inside. A couple of good games they ran together with Vita and uh, Vita got a sack off one of those games. Uh, but uh, again, it's and it starts for me in the secondary. When the quarterback doesn't have the quick, easy throw, here comes the pressure. And uh, our guys did a great job of plastering on the back end, except for one play when we scr- when he scrambled out of there. But uh, yeah, other than that, I thought the secondary, great coverage, and then let's get after the quarterback. And Will, I think we've talked a little bit before about how he is one of the most underrated guys on this team. So what did a game and a performance like that show everybody about who Will is for the defense and can be. He's the ultimate team player because usually he's he's picking games for somebody else. And, uh, you know, you, it's great when, when a guy that plays so hard and plays so good for you has one of those games, uh, that's that's a that's a hallmark game. Yeah, and, and Shaq, um, we, you know, we'll, first, we, do you have an injury update on him of, of kind of what we know at this point? Yeah, it's a, it's a MCL, ACL sprain, nothing serious, but uh, don't know if we'll see him in the rest of the regular season. Okay, and after that point, he, you know, he got a sack, which puts him at 10 on the season. So now he's one of only four players in team history to have multiple double-digit sack seasons. And this is the other guys that are on that list. You got Leroy Selman, Simeon Rice, and Warren Sapp. Not a bad list yeah, to be a list. part of, you know. I think anybody would be happy to have their name yeah. on that. So what have you seen about why he is this next guy on the list that he's done it consistently now for multiple seasons putting these numbers up? Well, I think up? you hit the word consistent. You know, he's, he's got a great toolbox of different moves. He's slippery, and uh, he's a relentless pass rusher. So without having JPP out there and then losing Shaq at some point, um, what did you see from guys like Joe tryon you know, Anthony Nelson, some of the other guys that, are, that may be asked to step up the rest of this regular season in particular? Yeah, Joe, Joe had a good game. It, his production wasn't as good as the, on a stat sheet mm-hmm. as, as his play on the field was. And uh, you get his pads a little bit lower on, on some running plays, but Anthony Nelson had a great game, as did Cam Gill. Yeah, and Anthony Nelson, I mean, gets a sack and a half. He, he now has this season more sacks than his first couple seasons combined. When did a, did something kind of click? When did a shift happen that is showing him having, especially per snap he's getting to play, some pretty crazy stats? Yeah, I, I think September the light went on. And, and, you know, with Shaq and JPP, you can learn so much. Mm. And finding out which one of those moves fits you. And uh, he improved his toolbox a little bit. He's got a couple moves, a counter move now. But he's got that great length, and he uses it really, really well. And we kind of mentioned Vita earlier getting in on one, and I just feel like he should get some sort of credit for every sack, no matter who it is, or any kind of pressuring, whatever, because you know he's in there taking up multiple people. And then here he even ends up getting one while being double teamed, which has got to be the most frustrating thing to that offense in the entire world. So what did you see from from his game and, and just overall the ways he impacted stuff that didn't even show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, he was he was very, very powerful. He controlled the whole interior of this, this game, run game, pass game. It was one of his best games, and you know, he wasn't on the ground at all. And uh, that's that's huge for a defensive lineman. Yeah, and Kevin Minter getting in there and getting a sack. So uh, take us through that play and what worked well for him there. Yeah, I got another good, solid blitz. Uh, he came around the, the edge and um, made a big play. We forced him out, and he makes the play. And uh, Kevin, again, Always, when he steps in, you can always count on him. 
Yeah, and what are the most challenging things about trying to fill in for a guy like Levante? And why is Kevin a guy who can fill those shoes? Yeah, you know, he's filled in for Devin, he's filled in for Levante, but he doesn't try to be them. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran. He just he knows how to play the game his way. And just be yourself. And someone who did a pretty good job of being themselves, Jordan Whitehead, that do you think that's his, his best game since you've been here? One of them for sure. And uh, take away the penalty, jumping up and hitting the quarterback in the head. It was, it was a great game, but uh, interceptions, tackles for loss. I mean, yeah, I mean, it has to be one of his top three for sure. So why do you think it was this game? What seemed to happen with him? What ha- was it that Carolina was doing? Why was this a Jordan Whitehead day? Yeah, it was, you know, all those quarterback runs, the ball's coming to him on the edges. And, uh, and he whipped blockers and just made tackles. And I don't think he missed a tackle in the game. I think Richard Sherman tweeted after the game that he thinks Jordan is one of the best safeties in the league. So why do you think that would be true? What, if you were to make a case for that, what would it be? Well, he's, he's physical and uh, he's got ball skills. Uh, so the ball seems to find him sometimes like it does Mike Edwards. And, uh, but he is very, very physical. He's not afraid to throw his face in the fan, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and what was it like to have to play against rotating quarterbacks? That is not a thing that you face very often in the NFL. So what are the challenges of that defensively? Yeah, you're looking at two totally different offenses. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, Sam is the guy that's going to come in and throw it around. And he can scramble, too. He made a big scramble play against us. And, uh, and Cam, you just got to know what quarterback runs are coming and are those RPOs. And he did a good job with his RPOs in this game. And uh, now heading into this week playing the New York Jets, what are the things specifically about their offense that you've started to notice on film? Yeah, the young quarterback, uh, he's feeling his way, but he's getting better and better. Zach Wilson's a hell of a talent. And again, he's another one that can scramble and run. He had a long run touchdown in this game uh, last week, and uh, he presents a heck of a challenge. Who are some of the other guys offensively that you think are going to be interesting matchups? Well, they had so many guys out, you know, it's, the, it's really who's available. Well, at least and, it feels a little more fair considering yeah, our situation, yeah, you know, I it's mean, so nice of them to If to Elijah Moore's back in there, he's a, he's a threat for sure. And uh, all the guys that uh, that stepped in and stepped up last week. I mean, so it's, it's this time of year right now, just yeah. look at Jersey numbers and try to study the offense because <laughs> the people that are in there might you not never be know. there. Yeah. And how about on the defensive side of things for them? Oh, Quentin Williams is, is, a, is a star. C.J. Mosley, they got a good, solid defense. And uh, I think their secondary is picking it up, you know, and uh, the two young safeties are really solid players, too. So now knowing you have the division locked up and now you have an extra game than typical this time of year, does having that position locked up change anything about how you want to approach these last two games? No, because the seeding is still so important. And, uh, you know, we won't change anything this week. The last game, if there's no chance of, of improvement or change, then maybe we'll look at anybody that's banged up a little bit. Yeah, and how do you feel about the idea of having a buy versus playing and the idea of rust versus rest and, and how you prioritize that either from a bye week standpoint or from a choosing to rest guy standpoint? The bye week's better, you know, uh, because you can't rest everybody. Who do you choose? So mm-hmm. now you hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> All right, we're, gonna re- we're gonna rest these two guys, but we're not gonna rest you. Well, I'm hurt, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm hurt. I need to rest too, but. So it's better just let's go play, let's win, and, and go play the next one. And rest everybody in mm-hmm. that one week. Um, and then finally, how does it? what are the things outside of the seeding that you want to accomplish in these last two games to know that you're in the best position possible for the playoffs? Yeah, just continue to improve with the players that we're playing with, you know, and then hopefully get guys back and see what kind of shape they're in when they come back. And uh, so for us, it's just a matter of just continuing 13 wins is a lot of wins, and uh, that's what our goal is. Coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health, is assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. 
Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians on the first half of the show, and now I'm so excited to be joined by assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis. Thad, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. This is going to be awesome. I love getting a chance to talk to coaches that were players and have made the transition fairly recently. There's just so much to that. Um, So we're going to dive into your story a little bit, but I figured, first of all, let's kind of start with the, the game that just happened and what it was like to be a part of this team while they won the NFC South and to see what that meant to especially the guys that have been here a while. That was fun um, because last year we did it, and obviously uh, you got the experience of um, you know going to the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl and then winning the you know the division overall, but not the South. So just to win the South, the cool thing about it was the, it, I know it's a t-shirt and hat game, but what the t-shirt said and tell people in case they haven't seen you know the Bucks run the South, and I thought that was just so clever, and I thought whoever made those shirts that was perfect. And uh, just hats off to the guys. Um, they deserve it. They worked hard. Um, you would think um, the Super Bowl would loom over their heads, but the guys actually put their heads down and came back and forth. And it's something they wanted, and they accomplished that goal. So it was great to see. Of course, your room, you, you're the wide receiver guy. We got to talk about Mr. Cyril Grayson's 62 yard uh, catch here. And this right. guy, I mean, he. I love it for a bit there. He had basically two catches 112. all year for 112 yeah. yards. Yeah, and touched out. That's, yes. uh, that's not a bad average. <laughs> no. <laughs> so tell me about yeah. this play and why he's the guy that can come in and just only only does things for over 50 yards or he doesn't show I up. I mean, he's know? a seven-time champion in, in track, you know, obviously, so he can run. He has that attribute. But he's just a testament to some guys being on a practice squad and being patient and, and getting better every year. So he's been here for three years. And uh, Byron said this, I don't think no person has gotten as better as Cyril, you know, in those three years. And uh, that's a testament to him because he put the work in. And obviously this was something he really wanted. And he took advantage of his opportunities when you get them. And that's what people don't understand. You just have to take advantage of those opportunities when you get them. And he's done a great job of that. But if you see him out here practice every day, he put on his hard hat every day. You know, it's the difference between working hard and being a hard worker. He's a hard worker and it's paying off for him on Sunday. So excited to see a guy like him get his just due when it's his time. That's incredible. And I know that the, the Panthers record may not be great, but their their defense had been pretty incredible, especially their pass defense. Right. That was definitely an area they'd done pretty well on. So what did you think about the way that you guys were able to come in with so many injuries, especially on offense of your big time playmakers and still put up the kind of points and yards you were able to on them? I think guys just came in and said, hey, don't worry about what the naysayers say on the outside. We know what we have in this building. And guys uh, have that next up man, that next man up mentality. And uh, it showed. And you know, three all pros in front of you and you have a, a, a room full of young, talented guys, and when they get their opportunity chomping at the bit, they understand that, so they know some of the things they have to do to get that opportunity, and you saw it. So when they had this chance, and they didn't want to let those guys down, you know, in the room and say, like, oh, we let you guys down. And so that's the camaraderie in that room, and you can see it show on Sundays, and I think they took it personal with people saying that we're down, and can we be the same offense without those guys? And so. They put it together and hats off to the Panthers though. They are a really good team, young team and have some good DBs and it was a good game and good to see both sides compete. 
So yeah, let's talk about some of those all pros in your room. If you're going to be first time getting to be a position coach, you know, this is not a bad room to get a chance to be, <laughs> to get that start in here. Right. Um, so let's start, of course, with Mike Evans. Um, what have you learned by being around him these last couple of years and coaching him? Because it's like you, you, I'm sure already knew about him by mm -hmm. reputation, having watched him. Right. But what was the difference in that versus seeing him day in and day out and watch him work on his craft? Seeing, seeing a guy his size come in and out of breaks and so crafty. A lot of people don't understand how crafty he is. He know how to set the defender up to get open. Um, he's always going to be friendly to you. And, um, you know, just him playing big. And, and some people wouldn't see that. But just looking at him and him telling me one time he played at 250. And, Jeez. you know, and now looking at him, how great shape he's in. He's probably within 215, 220 range, you know, and he's running very well. And, um, I mean, he just teaches you a lot, you know, because he's very, very, very smart. And just little subtle things of how to get open. He might turn his shoulders one way just to get the DB to open, you know, just to get that extra separation. And he's very fast for a big man that people think. And I think his speed is very underrated. And um, that's why I think he's had seven years of a thousand yards receiving because he is that good and he is that good and I've seen it firsthand for two years day in and day out so yeah that's pretty incredible <laughs> and uh, we're talking to assistant wide receiver coach Thad Lewis and his overall effect on the position room I think is so interesting because in the locker room it, it is so important who the leaders are who the vets are and it is sort of contagious of the way that it affects the younger guys that come in and sets a tone right. what have you seen the tone is that he sets for that room you know they break it down on G's and see so that just together they're they're together right and they all call themselves G's so they're all going hard every day and then you just see that camaraderie because they bring the young guys on they know the expectations right but they also show it and put it out here on the film and on the field in practice and then so the young guys have no choice but to follow that and with a guy like that who's not a big vocal guy, he's lead by example. But when he does speak, everybody listens because he don't speak often. And, you know, he has the respect of his peers. And so that just helps the room out, you know, and everybody competes. And what was that like to get to see him be nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year? Big time. Because, you know, everybody say receivers are selfish. Mm. You know? Everybody say a receiver is all about me, 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 me. And I, but when you look at it, he's a Walter Payton Man of the Year because he thinks about everybody, not himself, his family, his teammates, um, people in the community. And it speaks and he, and he shows. Like some, one day we had the food trucks out here. That was, well, who did this? Mike Evans. I think every coach got a, a Christmas gift from Mike Evans, you know, and he does that. Everybody, every player in the locker room got a Christmas gift from Mike Evans and you don't see that a lot you know what I'm saying and he's special he's a special individual for that and I'm, I'm glad he's getting his just due he don't do it for recognition he do it out the kindness of his heart and as he has a big heart um, and he and he played big and his heart is as big as how he play on the field so that's great as someone who did play quarterback how important is it to have a wide receiver room that isn't that me 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 mentality what is the effect of that on the team overall and the offense overall? It helps the overall of the team you know, because it's usually that's the group, you know, we got to get that group in check, yeah. you know. But when you have guys that are just so humble like that and willing to do their jobs and accept their roles because we have so much talent on this football team, um, I can't speak enough about that. It makes my job definitely a lot easier. Um, but those guys just want to win. They see the big picture. You know, it's not about individual stats. With team success comes individual success, and they understand that. And that's what it's all about around here. So just to have guys buy in, you know, with that and what B.A. brought in, um, it's great to see. 
And speaking of another selfless guy in that room, leader Chris Godwin, I know that's had to be devastating to, to learn of that injury. So I guess what did you learn even about him and his role on this team by the reactions of everybody to that injury and, and the way that yeah. he handled it as well? you never seen a guy like Chris that does it all. Like I can play inside, I can play outside, I can block. You know, you can give me the ball and I can I can run it as well. Um, so he's that Swiss Army knife. And just to see him go down, and um, it takes the breath out of the team because a, a lot of people respect him and what he do. But also to see a guy like Cyril Grayson step up and say, hey, that was my man. My man's down, so I'm going to step in and I'm going to make him proud. And just to tell, see Chris tell everybody, I'm going to be all right. I'm coming back big and strong. Don't worry about me. Uh, we still got one goal in mind. Let's continue. And he's around here every day, and he's encouraging guys, and it's crazy. We just had a uh, secret Santa, and I saw him with a knee brace on carrying this big thing. I'm like, you need some yeah, help, bro, you yeah. know? But that's just the kind of guys we have in that room. Most people would have laid down and would have went in the tank. But he knows his, his future's bright. He's had a positive impact on them guys. And um, one guy that you see piggyback off of that was Cyril when he got his chance this week. So that was great to see. Yeah, no, you've been here a couple years, so Chris was here before you were here, but what have you either heard or seen in your time about the ways that he has grown from who he was, you know, maybe as a rookie? Yeah, I mean, you see a guy that, that, that get a smaller role, and every year his role got bigger, he took advantage of that. And so that could just, just speaks to guys when you come in this league. You might be uh, a third or fourth round draft pick. You might not out the gate get as many opportunities as the first and second round pick, but what you do with your opportunities, that was, defines you. And so the definition of Chris Godwin has worked over those years, and, and he's going to get rewarded for that because he's taking advantage of that. And, yeah. and obviously he's really good at what he does. Yeah, I think that is a, that is a fair statement for sure. Um, and then I know A.B. coming back after being out for, for so long and then you know not knowing, oh, is he going to be kind of rusty or is he, what's his conditioning going to be? And then 10 catches, 100 yards, no big deal. So tell me why, and, it, and again, I, I love the idea that they had to know that Brady was going to throw to him a lot. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you with all the injuries and, yeah. and Brady's relationship with him, right. so even them putting Stephon Gilmore on him, even them knowing he was going to be the focus, he still put up those kind of numbers after being out. What is it about him that lets him be that kind of guy at any point, no matter what the defense does, no matter what else is going on? People don't know how professional he really is. People think he's just very athletic and gifted and just go out there and play. But no, he's sitting in there, he's studying the receivers. He's asking questions like that. How they playing it? What coverages are we getting on first and second down? Two by two formations, what are they presenting me? Three by one on backside, am I one on one? Are they clouding me? And things like that. He, he has a plan going into the game because he wants to know. You guys see it and I see it. It's one of the best practice players you'll ever see in your life. You know, and he goes out there, he gets it done. He was prepared, he knew his opportunity, and obviously he was out so many times. People obviously don't know how, how well he take care of his body as well. You know, you would think a 34-year-old, 33-year-old guy um, coming off an ankle injury, can he move, can he still do some of the things he can? That just lets you know that he's serious about his craft, he's serious about what he want to do, and he obviously wants to contribute. Like, he knew, like, hey, my guys are down, I'm, I'm back, so I'm ready to contribute. And he did, and obviously he brought the guys along. You saw him and Cyril out there. You saw him um, and Tyler out there. You saw the guys. You saw him in the office alignment. His butter baby, they back, you know, <laughs> to doing what they do. And I mean, he just brings that to the team. And just to see that um, was great to see him back first and foremost. But just to see everybody embrace him as he came back in the team, uh, we rallied behind him, and 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 
he put on the show as we thought he would. That's, yeah, you, you absolutely. <laughs> so, that is that is what he does out there. Right. All right, well, we are going to have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. What an answer by Brady in the box! With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health, and I am joined by assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis. Um, what do you see that Brady expects from his wide receivers and brings out in them, you know, demands of them, that kind of thing? Um... Obviously, it's a high expectation with what he demands out of those guys, and that's and the biggest thing is communication and getting on the same page, and and that means like sometimes in certain situations he might want you to look a little early, he might want you to do a certain thing on a certain route, um, and the coverage presents itself. You know, obviously he might look at you, and so that's the biggest thing. As long as those two guys are on the same page, it really doesn't matter. So it's just that that's that's the biggest thing. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm counting on you. So if it's one-on-one and I pick you out, I expect you to win. You know, and so when you have that type of pressure put on you and you have that type of guy at quarterback, you obviously want to do, want to do that. And it just helps out. It helps out the details, uh, you know, of the offense and guys like, I, I need to be here. Hey, I need to get my depth. Brady expecting me to do this and things like that because that's the respect um, factor that you get from your quarterback. So once you have that respect factor and that's, you know, the entire team, guys are willing to do their job to the best of their ability. So that helps out a lot. Yeah, and we, we talked about the, the big three for us, the first segment. Um, but I want to talk about these these younger guys and the guys that are definitely going to have to step up in these last couple games here with injuries. So, um, first of all, Brashad Perriman, thankfully back from the, the COVID list. And mm-hmm. I, this guy, I mean, wasn't even on the team and then comes in and just makes one of the biggest plays of, of any Buccaneers game in a right. while. And how do you see him being the guy that everybody trusted to come in that Brady would trust in that moment to make the kind of play like that where he was he went from having to basically learn the playbook to, right. to being a guy that's asked to step up and do a lot. Another pro's pro. You know, when you, you get good guys in the building like that. You know, and obviously he was like, hey, I've been through whatever I've been through in these last couple places. I'm here now, I have an opportunity, and, you know, I want to contribute. And it's just him studying. And you got to take your hats off to him. He was in two systems before he got here. He was in Detroit, then he went to Chicago. So he learned the Detroit system. He had to learn the Chicago system. Now you come here, now you're back in the system you was in 2019, but you wasn't here for two years. So you got to catch up. That just shows you the professionalism and the pro in him and him going out there doing what he had to do. Because if he busts that route, we don't have nobody on the shallow to catch the ball in overtime, but he actually knew what to do. And obviously he's a great player. We know he's fast, big, fast, and strong. And he showed everybody what he can do. And getting him back is another plus for those young guys in the room. You know, if you think about it, we played four receivers last week total. You know, so just getting him back, you know, it just spares the guys. And a little more you can do on offense. So that's exciting. Yeah, and how about Tyler Johnson? Where do you see, I mean, this is a guy that it was unfortunate he had to come in with no offseason as a rookie. Yeah, that's, a, right. that's a tough thing. So right. uh, I'm sure he's kind of had to play catch up ever mm-hmm. since then. So where have you seen the growth in him and what you think his potential could be on this team? I think his ceiling is, is as high as the sky, is, is for sure, for sure. But you see with him just, just things that you had to learn, you know, that you might not, might not have did in college, like, Expect the ball every time, you know, go full speed every time. Just just little little things like that that because he didn't have an off season, he didn't know, he got injured, he had, you know, things like that is catching up. But now right now the game speed and you can see it, he's practicing faster. You know, he's going at it a little more. Obviously 
now more is being asked of him where it didn't before you know and so sometimes guys respond a little better when they know hey a little more is put on me versus I don't have to do much because I got these guys in front of me so uh, with him it's going to be interesting to see how he moved forward I'm excited to see how he moved forward um, obviously people expecting him to fill that void with Cyril we ha I mean with Chris but you got him and Cyril to fill that void which is great you know you get two for the price of one so I think both of them bring different attributes to the game but um, people will get to see their talents these next two weeks because they'll get more opportunities. Yeah, and what are the ways that you see him of the type of wide receiver he is, of which guy he does more fit into that role or the, mm -hmm. the, the different types of you know, routes that you're asking him to do? The, the, are you asking him to be, you know, which, which part of the wide receiver tree kind of are you wanting him to be? I, you, you want him to be the guy that he, he can play F and Z. You want him to be that guy that way he can play big. You know, he can play on the outside and then he also can play on the inside. You know, obviously uh, his run out the catch ability is is underrated. You know, we see it every time he gets an opportunity. We're like, oh, that's Tyler. You know, we get to see flashes of it, but you don't get to see it all the time because he didn't get that opportunity all the time. So you just want to continue to see him grow, continue to keep going and elevating in the direction he's going, which is upwards, which is great, and just continue to get better and be the best him he can be. And then Scotty Miller, I think he's a guy that with the wide receivers out, maybe people expected to get a little bit more mm -hmm. action this last week, but then coach talked about uh, the reason that they basically chose which guys were stepping up was the blocking yes, ability. Yes, yes. So yeah. tell us, what do you see as Scotty's potential of both from the you know, blocking standpoint, the pass mm -hmm. catching standpoint of what he needs to improve on or work on and, and what his role could be. I mean, he has the potential to do it all, but, you know, us as coaches, we just got to put him in, in situations. You know, I'd rather Scotty block a nickel than a linebacker, right? I think Scotty oh. would prefer that too, yeah, you know? You, get, you get what I'm saying? So just putting him in those situations and then obviously his speed, a lot of people are scared of his speed. So just to give him some opportunities and put him on the outside where he can he can showcase that. You know, obviously when you get in the game, a lot of people light up and get get scared, like, oh, the fast guy's in. So um, just hiding him and putting him in spots so we can see, you know, different things. And obviously he's on people's radar now because of the stuff he did last year. So it's not like you can hide him. Yeah, everybody you know, in Green Bay knows the name Scotty Miller. <laughs> so it's not like we can hide him. But um, you just look for him when he gets his opportunities again, which is going to come for sure. Just, just, just to keep doing what he's been doing. And then, yeah. And then, how about Jalen Darden? And I know we, he was mainly brought in to be the return guy, mm -hmm. but uh, what is his potential from a wide receiver standpoint? Uh, the potential he can play inside, outside. He has the wriggle. You know, he has the speed. He definitely can catch the ball. But you know, when you have a young guy coming from, you know, college, you know, obviously we had off season things like that, uh, and you have the three in front of him on top of the, the, the next tier in front of him. Mm -hmm. For him, he's just learning. Let's just continue to learn and continue to see what you can do. And we get opportunities to give him a chance, you know, just go out there and do what you can do. But he can play everything. He can do everything. And then obviously in the return game, he's going to be a big factor for us. Um, unfortunately, he was on COVID, so that puts you, you know, a step back and things like that. But he'll get his opportunity to continue to show the world. Everybody shows flashes, but we just want them to continue that flash to be the consistent. So that's what that's with everybody, with with all the young guys stepping up. The flashes that people see, we want that to be the consistent, and they'll be the best player they can be. 
We're talking to assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis, and uh, I wanted to get people a chance to hear a little bit about your playing career, your time of transition to here. You are still newer to the Buccaneers world, having joined uh, last year. So, so tell everybody a little bit about your background and your playing career. So my playing career, I started off in 2010, an undrafted free agent out of Duke University. Started with the St. Louis Rams, and then I've been a journeyman ever since. Uh, I was two years with the Rams, two with the Browns. Um, then I, after, after Cleveland, I go to Detroit for training camp. I get traded to Buffalo. I uh, get my first start in Cleveland in uh, 12. I start five games in Buffalo in 13. After Buffalo, I go to Houston. Then after Houston, I go back to Cleveland again for training camp. Then I wind up that season on the Philadelphia squad, and then I finish until my ACL in 16 in San Fran. Um, so I got seven years in the NFL. I was a journeyman, um, but it was fun. And so right after my career, after those seven years, after I tore my ACL, I set out that year. And I said I wanted to get in coaching. I did two years in college at UCLA before I got the opportunity with the Bucks last year. And so everything's been pretty cool. Uh, the transition has been cool because I've been doing this all my life since I was five. Obviously, when you play in the NFL at quarterback, you put it just as much as time as the coaches, you know. So it was a smooth transition for me. It wasn't like, ah, oh, I got to put in a little more time. I mean, that's what you do on a daily. So it was pretty smooth. And I have to imagine that as much as the journeyman aspect may not have been the goal with the playing <laughs> part, it is kind of helpful from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. You were exposed to so many different coaches, no schemes, doubt. ideas that I imagine that was more helpful for you now than if you'd just been with one franchise that No whole question, time. no question. I've been in so many systems. I learned how to learn systems really quick because I've been in so many. Um, you meet so many people, you build so many relationships. Um, you just can, can be a sponge and now you have a wealth of knowledge, you know, and you got a book, an encyclopedia of everybody and you can take the things you like, you don't like and create your own. And it's fun because everybody's it's doing the same thing, it's just the language is different. The concepts might be the same, might be a little different, just the language. So in the NFL, I say you just learn how to speak a bunch of languages when you change your offense. You got a little Rosetta Stone yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and no how, doubt. I mean, so you played quarterback, but here you're coaching the wide receivers. Tell me how that works of what you feel like you can bring with that slightly different perspective than if you had played wide receiver. Right, just giving them the, the viewpoint from the quarterback eyesight. Now, hey, he expect you to do this. If not, if I was a quarterback and you wasn't in this spot, I won't throw that ball to you as well. <laughs> you know, just to give him that, that view and that vantage point. And then also, you know, how I watch film and how I see things or why I see things the way it is and try to help them see it from a quarterback lens and it can help you at receiver, you know, so you can know, like, well, I can get the ball here if I do X, Y, and Z because this is what the quarterback's looking for. And then me transitioning to the receiver, just see more how detailed it is. Hey, you need to be on this play plus four, right? Because of the spacing and this guy, you gotta save some grass for him. Hey, you need to be in the middle right here. You have to be off the ball, just small things like that. You have to get your depth, make sure you get all the 16 because you got a high low read here. Just the little nuances that you didn't think was very, very important that the receiver coach has to make. And then also just the importance of the receivers blocking in the run game. Um, I can tell him from a quarterback point of view, like, hey, I, if I know you got him, I would do so-and-so, so-and-so, so. Um, and it's pretty cool. So I just get to piggyback off of them on how they see it and then how I see it, and then we come together and we make a plan so we can see it all the same. That is pretty cool. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here with assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.
Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. And I am joined by assistant wide receiver coach Thaddeus Lewis. And it's so funny because I actually was planning to open this last segment talking about you and Byron Leftwich having a similar background in the sense of going from the quarterback to the coaching and it being very recently and you guys even being younger than some guys on the team and how all that works. But now you told me during the commercial break a pretty cool story about some of your experiences with this coaching staff. So right. tell everybody a little bit about how much it's a small world out so there. So it's, it's a small world out there because uh, in 2011, I was in Cleveland. I mean, and um, Coach Arians was in Pittsburgh. Byron was in Pittsburgh. Foot Larry Foote was in Pittsburgh. And um, the running back coach for the uh, – Indianapolis coach right now was my receiver coach in college, so Scotty Montgomery was a receiver coach then. So that was my introduction to those guys. He told them a lot about me. The following year, B.A. goes to Indy, Scotty stays, Byron's still a backup and Foot's the linebacker, and I start the last game of the season. So I tell Foot all the time, even though it wasn't his guy, I said, I threw my first touchdown on you because uh, I was supposed to throw it to the guy in the back, but I couldn't see him. I wound up rolling to the left and foot, tried to look him up and it's running and I threw the ball. And so he always tell me, That's, that wasn't my guy, that wasn't my guy. <laughs> but I tell everybody, I threw my first touchdown on foot. So it's crazy how everything comes full circle. Now I'm working with these guys and Byron's the offensive coordinator, Foots, the outside linebackers coach, BA is the head coach. Um, it's funny how everything comes full circle. That's incredible. And yeah. it's perfect just to be able to trash talk Coach Foot. I mean, oh, all the time. All the time. Because he's the biggest trash talker there is. Yeah. Just to have something to say back to him is amazing. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're, the, you're probably the only one that's got this perfect ammunition just yeah, loaded, yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Well, how do you see the relationship you're able to have with Byron and what it's meant for him as a coordinator as well to have played so recently, uh-huh. played quarterback, to be able to, whether it's his relationship with Brady and the other guys and, and just what that does for the two of you guys being so close in yeah. age with so many of these players? I mean, because you know what they went through. Um, you, you've experienced it. You know what they're going through. You've experienced it. And so sometimes they lean on you. But then when you look at it and say when you was a player and then now you coaching, like you would always say, I wish the coach would have did X, Y, and Z and this and that. And now you have an opportunity and then you want you want to do that. But then it's a fine line between being that player's coach and then the coach's coach. Um, you know, but at the same time, you're always going to be a player's coach because you understand it from their perspective. But in a sense, you still have to be that coach and earn that respect from those guys where they respect you enough, you know, to do their jobs and things like that. But you are, they obviously know that, hey, my coach got my back. He's a player's coach. So um, the guys respect you from that standpoint. But just me and him, it's kind of funny when you're off topic with football and you can laugh and talk about some of the old days. And you remember this and you remember that. Um, it's crazy because he's like eight, nine years older than me, but we're so close in age still because we were in the NFL at the same time. And I have a brother that's his age. So some of the stuff he know, I know because my brother's old, older than him and I had to act older than my age to hang out with my brother. So, <laughs> um, But it's pretty cool. And just to see him and when the first time I met him, AB was a rookie in 2010. Now to see come full circle, he's the offensive coordinator. And we always thought him being a great quarterback. Um, I always thought of him being, I remember when he went to Jacksonville, I love, I used to love some Byron Leftwich, and it's so funny, I tell him this story all the time, he used to do the rookie show and it looked like they used to put my picture up next to Byron's every year, which is kind of, kind of funny, and That's we work amazing. together, it, it's just crazy. You how, tell him you were the more handsome version, oh, I'm sure. Oh man, you know, yeah. I ain't going to do him like that, that's my man, <laughs> I tell him, you know. We, we both had our fair share. If they don't like me, they like you. If they don't like you, they like me. That's just what it yeah, is. Yeah, we, we, together we got everybody. <laughs> no doubt, no That's doubt. That's so good. Well, now looking at these last couple games, uh, knowing we got that playoff spot locked up, what are the biggest things you think you want 
the wide receivers and the offense at large to accomplish in these last two games to feel good heading into the playoffs. And just finish, just finish on the high note. The, the key, the key, the key is finish, right? Because some people could say, ah, oh, now we're just trying to skate through. No, we're trying to finish. We're trying to finish on the hot note, be rolling going into the playoffs, and I think that's what happened with us last year. We finished on the hot streak. Uh, we closed out these last couple games, and then we got hot in the playoffs, and I think it's a team that can, can execute well and get hot and keep that streak going uh, throughout these playoffs because nobody has locked up anything right now, which is a good thing. But at the end of the day, the best opponent who does everything well and, and continues to stay hot and continue to trend upwards is the team that's going to do it. So I want to see us continue to trend upwards. It, you go from not scoring no points to scoring 30-some points, and you have an opportunity to continue to score points these next two days. So get the offense in the rhythm, continue to help the defense out, and the special teams to do their part, play team ball. That's what you're looking for these last couple of weeks. And so what do you see in the Jets' defense that you guys are about to start preparing the offense for tomorrow at practice? Now, we have to be good with a lot of zone coverage. See that so far, they play a lot of zone coverage. So we have to attack it. We have to be in the right spot. So I just talked to you about the depth and, 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 and being in areas and things like that because they play zone coverages. So we have to be detailed, you know, and to get in those spots to get Tom those windows to throw the ball. And then we got to be playmakers, make, catch the ball and make plays, um, make life easy for them. And then be aggressive in the run game so we can get the running backs to get going like they did last week. So, you know, just a team effort, you know, and then the run game, the pass game, make it easy for everybody else once everything's clicking. So. And then we'll close with this. Do you see the team feeling different, acting different this year compared to last year, having done it already? And the, the, does it seem to have changed their mentality or mindset at this point in the season compared to last year? I think year? last year we was the, the hunters. This year we the hunted, and it's the difference. You know what I'm saying? But now we know that, right? And we know we're going to get everybody. So I think now we knew, even last week, we got to come out swinging first. Right, and then we got to keep swinging all the way to the end because it's, it's to the clock strike zero zero zero. Is, you know that's what it is, and so the mentality is different. Everybody kind of trying to come take what we got mm. versus nobody believe what we can do. Mm. We believe what we can do already, so everybody trying to take what we have. So we just have to, to bow up and don't let nobody take what we have. And I'm pretty sure the mentality of those guys are like that right now. Yeah, and it seems a little harder to keep that chip on your shoulder when you've yeah. already won it all. It is, but right now you still got that chip on your shoulder because nobody's counting you in. Everybody's trying to count you out because everybody wants to beat you, what you yeah. have. So I think the guys know that, and especially, you know, moving forward. I think the weight of, is off your shoulder knowing that you're in the playoffs now when everything gets settled, we know what we got to do to get to where we're trying to go. All right. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome to get to know you a little bit better. Hopefully the Bucks fans got to know you a little bit better. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you guys for having me. All right. And thanks to all of you guys for listening. This has been another Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be back here next week with head coach Bruce Arians and another assistant coach. So we'll see you then and go Bucks.